0: all right we're doing a thing today and uh, I've learned over the years that one of the scariest things that I sometimes say in the office is I've got an idea that I think will work so we'll see One of the things we've been talking about as we're moving through this kind of how do we have confidence in who Jesus is and what he did and what Jesus is all about. We're going to keep talking about Jesus. But last week we talked a little bit about how much confidence we can have in Jesus because of of how the gospel books are written and how they're put together and how they give us different points of view and perspectives about who Jesus is and what he did and why it matters. Um, and, And I told you last week, this week... Uh, Today, we're going to really be focusing on the Bible authors, and one of the things that really separates Christianity from other religions uh, in the world is that most of the religions of the world have a book that was written by an author, by a person who sat down and said, I've got an idea of, of a religion and a philosophy and whether... Whatever they, the source is of their inspiration, uh, they write it down and they put it together and other people start following that author and that author's teachings. Christianity is not like that. Uh, Christianity is based on the book of the Old Testament, which what they inherited from Israel, from the Jews, a book that was, was written and collected and put together uh, over thousands of years and written by uh, dozens of authors who contributed uh, their different writings about the things they saw and the things that God uh, revealed to them and the things that they experienced. And it helps us to know about what God was up to in the ancient world when he was doing things with his people Israel. As we move into the New Testament, we get books that are written by uh, about nine different authors, and these authors are contributing in different ways, and, and they're telling their story based on what they've seen and, and based on interviews and conversations that they have with other people, and they're putting it together. And, and so when you talk about who wrote the Bible, uh, it doesn't even get put together for about 300 years after Jesus' life and death and ascension to be with God in heaven. But at some point, they start coming together and saying, which of these books are consistent enough with the teachings of the apostles that we can be certain that they are true? Which of these books are we willing to stake our eternal lives and the eternal lives of all those who come after us on the authority of them that they will teach us about who God is and what he's done? And they start putting it together, and so by the time we actually have a Bible, it is not a book written by an author. It is a library of books, of history and poetry, uh, of telling us about who God is, about who Jesus is, the things he did, of moral teachings, and how to, to, that we should function in the world as God's people. It's all of those things, but it's incredible in its diversity. It's incredible in how long uh, it took for all of these books to be written. It's incredible in how many different people wrote from their point of view and their perspective, revealing a story that is incredibly consistent throughout all of the books that are combined between the covers and in the pages of this book. It's the number one best-selling book in all of human history. Uh, In fact... Uh, It's been declared ineligible for the New York Times bestsellers list because it would have been number one on the New York Times bestsellers list for every single week since they started publishing it. That's the impact of this book that it has on the world. Today, we're going to let you meet the authors of this book. They'll come up, they'll tell you who they were, what they wrote, a little bit about what it was like, and I want you to just experience the incredible richness that is contained in these pages. I want you to experience the blessing that so many people put into the creation of this book, this story that invites us to continue the story of God's people today. As they come up here, they'll read their story and they'll come up on the stage so that by the time it's done, there'll be about as many of us up here as there are in the seats. Because such is the nature of this book God's given us. So without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Miriam, the sister of Moses. And I'm going to take the table with me. My name is Miriam.
1: You probably know me best from the time I followed my baby brother Moses down the river in a basket. But I played a much bigger role than that when Moses and I grew up. I was there with Aaron and Moses
0: when Israel came out of Egypt and through the wilderness for all those years. Moses certainly gave the sermons recorded in Deuteronomy,
1: was there when God gave him the law in Exodus, and was leading Israel when all of the people were counted in numbers. It's hard to tell how much of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy was written by my brother Moses and how much he was leading those who were recording the events, but there's no doubt that my little brother Moses helped in a big way in the creation of those first five books of the Bible. Hi, my name is Joshua. My book begins right after Deuteronomy left off about 3,400 years ago. On the east side of the Jordan River, as Israel prepared to finally go into the land God promised his people, with God's help, we drove out the people who lived there. We don't know for sure who wrote my book. Although many people think I wrote it or had someone else under my command write it, But I certainly wrote the speech at the end where I challenged the people to stay faithful to God no matter what.
2: My name is Deborah. I'm one of the warrior rules who called God's people to return to faithfulness over and over again in the book of Judges beginning right after Joshua stepped down as Israel's leader. Some of the other Judges include Samson, Gideon, and Jephthah. As for me, I staked my claim in history by stepping up and standing up for God when nobody else would. While we don't know who wrote my book, many people think that Samuel, the last of the Judges, had some hand in writing it or putting many of the stories together. (laughs) Sorry. My name is Ruth. We don't know who wrote my book, but it tells my story of how I was a Moabite woman during the time of the judges when things weren't going well in Israel. All the men in my family died, and Naomi told me to go home to my people. But I told her that where she goes, I go, and that her God would be my God. Not only is my story about how I was faithful to Naomi, but it, sh- but it really shows how much her God was my God, was always faithful to me. You've probably heard a few stories about me. I'm David, the giant killer, king of Israel. Ruth over there is my great grandmother. In the books of First and Second Samuel, which used to be one book called Samuel, there's a lot of stories about me and my leadership and relationship with God and others. <sighs> you can also read about me in the books of Chronicles. My throne was passed down to Solomon and others that you can read about in the books of First and Second Kings. So a lot of things were written about me by the historians of Israel during that time, but we won't really know their names. However, I am also one of the authors of the books in the Bible. I wrote or commissioned others to write nearly half of the Psalms. These prayerful songs show the people called me the man after God's own heart. My name is Ezra. And I'm Nehemiah. Our books. And our stories. Have so much overlapping material. That some people have a hard time knowing where one of us stops. And the other one begins. It's like we finish each other's. Sandwiches. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Some people think we helped to write some or all of Chronicles. Also, our stories tell how God was faithful and brought Israel home through Jerusalem and helped us rebuild after being in exile in Babylon. That return happened about 450 years before the life of Jesus. My name is Queen Esther. My book is actually a little bit earlier in history than Ezra and Nehemiah's return to Jerusalem. In fact, I was one of the Jews living in exile when I won a beauty contest to become King Xerxes' new wife and queen. When one of his advisors tried to kill all the Jews, my uncle and I came up with a plan to see that the Jews were spared and that the advisor was killed. It was risky, of course, but I had to do whatever it took to save my people. It's not known who wrote my story, and while my book is one of two in the Bible that doesn't mention God, it's clear on every page of my book that God has his hand in taking care of his people.
0: My name is Job, and I've heard a lot of you complaining about how bad the last two years have been around here. (laughs) Why don't you guys go and read my book before you start to tell me how hard you have it? My book is one of the oldest pieces of literature in the world, and I probably lived during the time of the events described in the book of Genesis. My book is asking one of the oldest questions around. Where is God when life hurts? We don't know who wrote the final version of my story, But many of those long speeches throughout the book were given by yours truly. If you've ever had your parents say to you, I brought you into this world and I can take you out of it. Well, imagine being told that by God. You may all address me as King Solomon. I became king after my father David died. God asked me, if I would rather be given wealth or wisdom, and when I chose wisely, he gave me both. Many of my wise sayings and teachings about life, success, faith, and love are recorded in the books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Nothing's new under the sun.
3: Hi, I am, I am Isaiah which is translated in your language, the Lord is salvation. It's appropriate. Because I wrote my book to the people of Judah while they were in exile in Babylon. That happened after Kings, but before Ezra and Nehemiah. I explained to the people of Judah that they were suffering in a foreign land because they were unfaithful, not because God did anything wrong. God wanted the people to care about what he cared about, taking care of the poor, widows, and orphans, bringing justice in the way they lived. If they would just do that and turn back to God, then God would be faithful and let them return home. But the truth is, many of my prophecies weren't fulfilled until the Messiah came and brought salvation. My name is Jeremiah and in my book, I tell Judah about the coming exile in Babylon, how they can live while they're there and how God will eventually restore
0: them if they return to faithfulness. I was a prophet during the reign of several Judean kings, but more than anyone appointed people towards the future Davidic Messiah who would truly restore God's people. This was about 600 years before Jesus the Messiah would be born. I'm also probably the author of Lamentations, which cries out to God about the destruction of Jerusalem.
1: My name is Ezekiel, and I didn't just write the prophecies God me. I enacted them and lived them out. So when God wanted Israel to not grieve the temple's destruction, God called me not to grieve the death of my wife. When God showed me how he would restore Judah, I saw dry bones get up and receive the breath of life. I had many prophecies of judgment because of Judah's disobedience. But with God, there was always ultimate hope.
0: You've heard about me and my friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My name is Daniel. In my book, I tell about how the evil kings who ruled over us during our exile thought they were gods and wanted us to treat them that way and worship them. But My friends and I refused. We only pray to God. We only bow down to and worship God. And every time we stood up to these kings, God took care of us and shut the mouths of lions and cooled the flames
2: of the furnace. It's not easy being faithful in a foreign land. But with God, it's always worth it. My name, is, my name is Hosea, and I wrote to the northern kingdom of Israel earlier than the other prophets who just spoke. They went into exile in Babylon, but us in the north We were conquered by Assyria after years of bad rulers and idolatry. When God wanted me to understand how Israel's faithfulness hurt him, he gave me an unfaithful wife and children. Then I had to go back, then I had to go buy back her freedom and win back her heart. This is how God loves Israel. In spite of Israel. My name is Joel. My short book prophesies is that a swarm of locusts will come and bring great destruction to Judah. God's people will be restored and blessing will come, but only after repentance.
1: My name is Amos. While many of the prophets on this stage wrote about God's desire for justice, my book has the famous line, Begging God to let justice roll on like a river, and righteousness like a never-falling stream. I wrote to the idolatrous northern tribes of Israel, calling on them to treat all people how God desires for them to be treated. My name is Obadiah,
0: and I wrote the shortest book in the Old Testament. Edom had been a long-time enemy of Judah, and when Babylon attacked, Edom cheered. God gave me a message that they would be judged for being happy at the destruction of God's people and their city. Yeah, I'm Jonah. <laughs> my book is my book is older than the other prophets, and I also wrote to the northern tribes of Israel. God wanted me to preach to the evil Ninevites, Ninevites, and I mean evil people, and, uh, <clears throat> and and preach to them. And I I didn't want to because God would for, forgive them, and I wanted them to be destroyed. So I got on a ship, get as far away from Nineveh as I could, but God brought storms. I got thrown overboard, swallowed by a huge fish for three days, until finally I agreed to go to Nineveh and preach. I know what you're thinking. Two days and a fish and you still wouldn't go? I really didn't want to go. Uh, Anyhow, they repented and God forgave. That's my story.
3: My name is Micah, and I wrote to the northern tribes of Israel and Judah. My message goes back and forth between prophecies of doom and prophecies of hope. I go from divine
1: judgment to deliverance.
3: My name is Nahum. Uh, Hi, I am Nahum. (laughs) I wrote my book when Jeremiah was a young man and Daniel over there preached to Nineveh and they repented and God gave them more time. But me, I had pretty much one message. Because of Nineveh's cruelty, idolatry and wickedness, it is going to be destroyed. My name is Habakkuk and my book was written to Judah. Although it is really a record of a conversation, or maybe I should say argument, I had with God. I didn't like God's ways, God's plan or his justice. But when I listened to God's reply, I had to admit, God is good and I'm a faithful follower. I wrote my book about the same time that Zephaniah was writing to Judah, predicting the coming day Of the Lord, where He would judge the nation and yet still be merciful to His people. I am Haggai, and I wrote my book about a century after those guys who just talked and about 500 years before Jesus was born. By the time I was writing, many of the people of Judah who had been exiles in Babylon had returned to Jerusalem but they weren't rebuilding the temple. I tried to get them to quit being lazy and give God the glory by rebuilding the temple. Zechariah wrote his book about the same time and also told the people to get to work rebuilding God's house.
0: My name is Malachi and my name means messenger. I really was a messenger for God and wrote to the Jews living in Judah about 100 years after Haggai and Zechariah, so about 400 years before Jesus. I had two major messages I kept telling people. The great king is coming back with its bad news for those who forget, forgot or opposed him and great news to those who are faithful.
2: My name is Mark. I was good friends with the Apostle Peter and spent many years listening to all of his stories and sermons about the many things Jesus did and said. When I sat down and began writing all of the things that I heard about Jesus, I was the first person to write the gospel message that tells how Jesus lived, died, and was resurrected. I did not just want people to know what Jesus did, I wanted them to become his disciples and be saved because of their beliefs in Jesus.
3: My name is Mary. I didn't write any books of the Bible, although I have a song included in Luke's gospel. But when Matthew, also named Levi, read Mark's gospel, he knew he had to add more of the details that he personally witnessed when he was traveling with my oldest son, Jesus. One of the very important details he added was how my son Jesus was born and how he was God's son born in Bethlehem. Matthew also added many of the parables and extra details about how Jesus died and all the things he said and did after the resurrection too. I've always been thankful Jesus' life got told in different ways and from different points of view. Dear friends of God. My name is Luke, and I wrote the gospel that was extremely well researched and organized so that you might have confidence in the things you believe. I'm a physician who joined on some mission trips later in life. I read Mark's gospel, talked to Paul about what he knew. I sought out any eyewitness I could find and gathered their stories and the stories of other early Christian groups. Then I organized them to tell the most complete version of the gospel I could put together and the book of Acts, which tells the story of the first Christians and first churches. It tells about mission trips, miracles, and so many moments of great faith. Fun fact, if you could count the number of words in my two books, they are longer than all of Paul's letters added together.
1: Mm-hmm. My name is Saul, uh, Paul. I have always believed in God and done what I thought was best for God's people. When some people started saying that a man named Jesus was the Messiah and that Rome killed him, I wanted them all to be arrested, or worse. This crucified man couldn't be the Messiah. At least that's what I thought, until I met him on the road to Damascus. Turns out the Romans did kill him, but God's son didn't stay dead. He is alive and he is the Messiah and not just Israel's Messiah, but he is king over all people in all places and all time. And now it's my job to tell anybody and everybody that because of Jesus, they can be part of God's people too. Some people say I don't speak well in person, but I write with great passion and conviction. Well at least it's true about my writing. While most New Testament books are named after their author, there are too many of mine to do that with. So instead, my many books are named after the person or group I wrote it to.
2: My name is Timothy, most of the letter Paul wrote went to churches or community of Christians, but Paul was my father in the faith and taught me so much about being a minister. In his two letters to me, Paul taught me about not being afraid to step up and lead just because I was young. My name is
3: Titus and Paul wrote to me too as a young minister who he considered a son in the faith. Paul sent me to Crete to be a minister and servants of the church there and gave me special instructions on how to select and appoint elders so the church could actually have good leaders. Hebrews. It is unknown who wrote Hebrews, but the author was certainly somebody who knew the Jewish scriptures extremely well. The author of Hebrews explained with great detail how Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, that Israel had been waiting for so many years, even though he wasn't what they expected. And Hebrews explains how Christianity and the church is now the covenant people of God, bringing God to the world and bringing the world to God.
2: Back in my day, a lot of people were named James. But most people agree that I am Jesus' little brother, or half-brother, it's a bit confusing. You might remember that when Jesus was going around during His ministry that I didn't believe in Him. But after the resurrection, I am the only person who the Bible says He appeared to that didn't already have faith. Well, I have faith now. And I wrote my letter to the early Christian churches spread around the region to give them instructions on how to live together as God's people with all the challenges that keep coming up in churches. I've heard that uh, churches are going through a lot of challenges and divisions today. So if you're struggling with that, maybe you should check out my book.
1: My name used to be Simon, but ever since Jesus said he would build his church on me, I have gone by Peter. I was one of the most influential early church leaders after spending so much time with Jesus during his ministry. I wasn't always perfect. I did deny him three times. But hey, I've walked on water and I bet you haven't. (laughs) My letters to the church called them to live with perseverance even in the midst of hostile neighbors and people who disliked Christianity. In fact, my letters probably have a lot to offer you today. Good morning. I'm Jude. I'm a man of few words, just one chapter, 680 words. My letter has two points. God will always judge those who turn away from his ways and choose evil. But God has incredible rewards for those who stay faithful. I'm a bit of a throwback to some of the prophets, but much shorter, who God wanted people more, to be more godly. Just I just wrote in the New Testament instead of the Old.
0: And my name is John, the son of Zebedee. I am the beloved disciple who was there throughout Jesus' ministry and even helped take care of Mary over there somewhere (laughs) after Jesus ascended to be with his father. I was a fisherman before Jesus called me to fish for men instead. Most people believe that I outlived the other apostles. During my longer life, I wrote my version of the gospel, which is very different from the details these other guys included. I told the story the way I saw it and the way that would help people to come to truly believe in Jesus as the Son of God. Later, I wrote three letters that you call 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And finally, I'm the most likely author of the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. God gave me a vision, and I wrote it down so people would know what was coming. I wanna finish with a couple other words that I wrote at the end of my gospel and the end of Revelation that I think are helpful to thinking about all that we've heard and all that we've learned today. I wrote uh, at the end of the gospel that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. My last words in my gospel were this. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And finally, at the end of my vision, I included this instruction and warning. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. If anyone takes words away from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Amen. In a moment, as our authors uh, return to their seats and as we all stand and sing, the question that I want you to be asking yourself, because God asks you this question, is are you ready for the Lord Jesus to return? Have you accepted the words of his book and of his many books and the many authors who gave us something for which we can be extremely grateful, the words of life that invite us to live a life that is truly worth living. If you've never received uh, Jesus Christ, if you've never taken him on in baptism, or if you need anything else to prepare yourself for the day that Jesus does come back, please come forward uh, this morning as we stand and sing.